Welcome to Have a Drink with Me. I'm your host, Dylan Polniak, and joining me today is full-time trivia host in Southern California, Ryan Buds. Welcome to the show. What's up, Dylan? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for that great intro. That is true. I somehow figured out how to turn trivia hosting into a full-time business, so thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, and uh, so you know my wife. You hosted trivia a while back, and you guys met through that. And then since uh, quarantine, you are doing 7 p.m. every single day live trivia on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I've been doing it uh, for 175 days as of today. So we we haven't missed a day. Some days are shorter than others. Sometimes it starts later than 7. But uh, we've done a little something every single day since the middle of March. And uh, I saw another trivia host Shout out to my friend Simon Time Trivia, Simon Time Trivia in Florida. Um, I saw he's another full-time trivia host, and he mm-hmm. just kind of set all his stuff up at home and was just standing in his living room doing a trivia show. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should be doing that because there's nowhere to go at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, well, I'll do this until everything opens back up. And here we are, you know, mm-hmm. almost seven months later, and there's there's no sign of it even coming close to opening back up. So this seems to be the new normal, you know? Yeah, and it seems like probably if things do go back to somewhat normal, you're probably going to keep doing daily trivia. It seems like that's working out pretty well for you. Yeah, there's always going to be some component, I think, for the foreseeable future where I'm doing a virtual thing or a company party, you know, from, you know, East Mm -hmm. Coast to West Coast where I don't have to travel and things like that. Um, The idea of not traveling is so attractive to me because I like I like going places, but like now that I haven't gone places for like six months, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to go like the next town over. I'm like, I'm, I'm good, you know, uh, just in terms of safety and in terms of just being used to to not traveling. I, uh, I went on a camping trip about two months ago and I was like, all right, I've had enough. I got to go somewhere. And all my friends that I grew up with were like, we're going camping in Wisconsin. So I flew there. I camped. It was awesome. We had a great time felt safe the whole time. But as soon as the fun was over and I had to come back home, all the like panic set in. I'm like, oh, I was just on like four different planes. And I just saw all these weird people at a campground. Like, what if I got this crazy thing? Uh, and I got tested right away. Didn't have it all relieved. But like, it's just crazy how the whole world has just flipped upside down with all jobs and all, mm-hmm. uh, you know, travels and, and seeing your family and stuff like that. So um, I love embracing new things and i like not sticking to a routine i love just kind of like taking a different route to work every day and and Mm -hmm. things like that uh but there's so much change in the last six months i'm like almost ready for a little bit of just all right let's let's know what to expect for a bit can we stop the fires can we stop the covid can we stop the like not seeing everybody it's just there's so much and everyone keeps saying 2020 you know it's, it's this crazy year but uh, you couldn't write this many things in a movie. If, if there was a movie I called know. 2020 and you said, then this happens, then this happens, you'd be like, all right, we got to rewrite this thing. This is too yeah. extreme. It's very interesting with that because it's like, okay, so we're in September now. So September's big thing was California is completely on fire. Yeah. But I'm sure that'll clear up before October. And then it'll be, okay, what's the new thing in October? And yeah. I love seeing that on social media where people are like, you know, oh, who had, uh, you know, fire tornadoes for September. And uh, it really is like, what new catastrophe are we going to be dealing with? It's very wild. But yeah, there's no way that you could create a movie 2020 and fit nine, these nine months of all the insane stuff going on. 
I think we're going to see like anthrax apples. Like, remember anthrax? It's back oh, and kids yeah. are trick-or-treating and now it's in the apples. And you're like, what? What? What are you talking about? And then, you know, then that'll be gone by November. And then we have like, uh, you know, uh, toxic turkeys. Yeah. It's toxic yeah. <laughs> turkey season. Oh boy. Toxic it's just turkeys. like nonstop, like some new thing that just comes to conquer all. It's going to be crazy. You're making the best of it. Um, I know I am. Yeah. You know, I was able to get out. We went to Mexico for uh, 10 days for our honeymoon. And now we're planning a camping trip in uh, Los Padres National Forest. And then we're doing a 10-day road trip. We're going to hit 12 states. Wow. We are planning on staying in the car for for it. Uh, You know, we're not going to be going to like restaurants or anything. It's just a drive by, see the Grand Canyon, drive by, see Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, and then it really is just, okay, let's get back home. Let's get back to normal. Let's stay inside. Let's not see anybody for a while. Yeah. Um, and we've been tested. Uh, we did two tests so far. And then for her job, my wife's job, she has to get tested like twice a week yeah. because she's in an office with like six other people. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that's, and that's a big reason why have a drink with me is back. You know, I did this show for a little over a year starting September 2015 and then took a break after four years coming back now I'm trying to figure out like you've got your seven o'clock you know every day so I'm like okay so when do I do my thing so that uh, I can kind of have like a a normal schedule of being creative and uh, getting to chat with people and have drinks and stuff since we can't do this in person yeah how about it it's uh it's crazy these new schedules we have to create um I'm not like a morning guy. I'm more of a 9 a.m. type guy. So I wake up, mm-hmm. you know, 8.39. I kind of look at my phone for a half hour and then I get up. Um, but over this quarantine period, I've had a lot of these corporate shows where they're on the East Coast and they're like, we want to start at 10 a.m. And I'm like, 7 a.m.? Mm-hmm. So I have to, you know, wake up at 6.30 and like pretend like, hey, it's just my normal day, you know, yeah. but it's like not at all. It's very early for me. Um, also had to do a couple shows on like British time where they're like, oh, wow. you know, we had these international markets or these audiences and uh, all the all the trivia had to be international friendly. And I had to start uh, one of them. It was like 5.05 a.m. Pacific time. Ooh. And, you know, it was like the evening for them or late mm. afternoon or something. And it was like, I think we were on different dates. You know, do you ever do that where you're like talking to somebody from Australia and they're already on the next day? Oh, yeah. And like you're like, you, oh, what does tomorrow have in store? But it's, it's like such a weird thought. I'm just grateful anybody, all these companies, a lot of my you know, being able to stay afloat with all the bars and breweries closed, which was kind of my bread and butter, uh, you know, amongst some corporate parties here and there mm-hmm. in LA and, and Hollywood and things. Um, the uh, A lot of companies want to do trivia. That's like the thing they want to do because I think they try comedy shows. I think they try magic shows. And then mm-hmm. they're like, what's left? Trivia? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Or they don't like, you know, one of those two things. And they're like, let's look for something different. And trivia is a great thing because it's accessible. Like everybody knows something yeah. about something. It's not like, you know, everyone's getting a zero on the whole thing. It's like somebody knows some of that stuff. And I don't make it super difficult, especially for these corporate shows. And sometimes they want to do a roundabout like their business or their company or their culture, mm-hmm. or their office or their location. And uh, it's fun for them. It's easy for me. And uh, I still get to be who I am as a performer, which I think at heart is like a stand up comedian who tells jokes and does crowd work and gets to know the group and makes everybody feel at ease because I'm, I'm good at uh, conversing like with people I don't know right away yeah. in that format. Um, and then the trivia is good as well. And hopefully those two things 
you know, uh, they go, wow, the trivia was really fun. And that host was engaging. You know, that's yeah. what I'm always trying to go for. Um, what's funny is I'm not like that at all. Like at parties when I don't know people, like I don't show up to a party like, well, I'm, the, I'm that guy, yeah. but I know that that's what they're looking for on the zoom call. So like mm -hmm. when they come on the zoom call and they're all just like fumbling with their cameras, I can immediately get into the conversation. Um, I think cause it's my best element is to be like, like I'm in my garage, I'm sitting here, I have a fake green screen background and I'm just like, Hey guys, what do you, Hey, there's Marv, Marv, what's in the background of your screen? What is, yeah. is that a sword? And then Marv's like, yeah, I collect swords. And then the whole thing's off to the races, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, uh, we, so I used to do the show live and we did, uh, we did Surly Goat in West Hollywood and it was always interesting because. I did stand up for uh, maybe like two years and uh, I wrote like sketches and stuff, but doing a live show, it's kind of the same thing. Like you've got to be on, you've got to like do your crowd work and everything while trying to do a live podcast yeah. while you're drinking heavily yeah. while like also trying to be like, Hey, don't forget, uh, you know, shots are a dollar off or whatever. Yeah. There's, there's that professional like personality you have to put on in certain situations. I mean, I, I love to drink and I love to talk to people and I do go to parties and I'm the one that's like, Hey, here we go. Like, yeah. this is my thing. I love that. But you know, with my actual job, it's like professional, you know, professional Dylan, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta switch it up a little bit. Um, so it's funny how you said that. Like, so if, if you, if we were at a party together and you came up to me like that, then the gates open and then I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't be the first one at a party where I know no one and be like, I'm the guy who's going to bring it. Like I, yeah. I'm, just, I'm like, I'm so terrified of that situation. But as soon as somebody else is, is engaging, then I can kind of tag on to that. Yeah. Um, I was at a 4th of July gathering across the street with just neighbors that I don't know very well. And the neighbors that we know the best and have kids similar to our kids ages were very friendly. And they're like, Hey, we're going across the street to this other neighbor's house. And, uh, they were just like the most stoic, very non, like, just like, uh, we brought cookies over and I'm like, Hey, you guys want a cookie? They're like, no. And I'm like, all right, you could have faked that, you know? Like, so <laughs> yeah. then, then it's the opposite of like that guy that you were where I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, I gotta, now that this guy's opened it up, I got to jump on. Now yeah. I have a guy who I, I feel like doesn't want anything to do with me. And then yeah. I don't talk the rest of the night. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Oh, you don't want to, you don't want a cookie. Well, uh, do you want to, I don't know, go fuck yourself, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't like cookies. You should yeah. die. Right. Oh, I love cookies so much. I, I love this. So typically at this point in the show, we get talking about our topic and what we've been drinking, but we're talking about cookies and neighbors. I've been trying to get one of those like sheet cookie cakes from the oh, grocery yeah. store. Sure. For probably six months. <laughs> they don't make them anymore. It they were they're so hard to find and Mandy and You're I were talking about the giant circle they can write happy anniversary yeah. on. Yeah, so Mandy and I kind of kept a kept an eye out, but we were on this like ridiculous fasting keto diet right up until the wedding because we wanted to look so good for this, you yeah. know, thousand uh, dollar photographer that we had and you yeah. know her thousand dollar dress and and everything. So we finally like saw them while while we were like dieting and then. The second that we were done dieting, which would have been, uh, you know, beginning of July, we looked all over. And then finally, we found one two nights ago in Ralph's. And I've been like craving cookies. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the cookie cake yeah. in the goddamn kitchen and I'll just, I'll eat it right then. 
Perfect. So I don't like your neighbor. <laughs> More you like got, is there hey is there some kind of frosting on that cookie? Yeah, there was um three candles. Love it. Yeah, Very good. it was a frosting of three candles. Here's here's a hack. If you can't find those cookie cakes again, you get yourself some cookie dough and a pizza pan. Mm. And you just flatten one giant cookie on the pizza pan. You bake that, you pull it out, cookie cake at home. <laughs> Boom, cookie cake Boom. at home. Making a shirt, making a shirt for that. <laughs> I'm going to get into the uh, our topic that we've been discussing. You and I love pro wrestling. Yes. On your trivia, you give out a lot of gifts or a lot of prizes from calendars to socks to Funko dolls. You've got a lot of collectibles that are typically behind you. Now your your green screen's a library, but yes. in your garage you have a lot of collectibles and I wanted to talk pro wrestling and action figures and collectibles with you because you told me you've got like 20 wrestling figures and in, in the ring and yeah um, i'm a, a big action figure collector so i figured we could dive into that and for our drink our drink for today so i do not drink beer people okay. uh, of uh, listeners of the show know that i i can't do beer after i have like one my stomach hurts and whatever so i actually just drank uh, another another beer here, but you and I uh, decided that we're doing Mother Earth Brewing Company, Cali Freeman. Now, Dylan, you didn't have to drink this if it's going to kill you. So the way that this show works is I tell the guests, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. And then they tell me what I have to drink. Gotcha. I don't like gin. Many guests have had me drink gin. I yeah. didn't like, I used to not like Bloody Marys. I love them now, but guests had me drink Bloody Marys. I didn't like picklebacks. People made me do picklebacks. So it's just kind of whatever the, the guest wants, you know, they get. So if I would have known that, you'd be drinking a nice pint of snake's blood right now. Oh boy. <laughs> Did you ever see the beach when he does a shot of snake's blood, Leonardo DiCaprio? No. Opening scene. Look it up. It's pretty gross. Uh, I'll check that out. I'm going to make a note for that. Mandy and I uh, were watching Survivor. We started Survivor like season one. And they really? Had... Are you going to go through the whole thing or just the first season? So, uh, unfortunately, Hulu's missing a lot of episodes, so we were kind of skipping through. But uh, there's a, one of the first episodes we saw, they were drinking cow blood with milk, Ugh. doing shots of cow blood with milk. And that can't be wow. uh, too far off from the beach with Leo. <laughs> so, uh, action figures and collectibles. Is there anything that you specifically collect? I, before I tell you, I will tell you that I just asked this trivia question the other day, and it was, um, what toy was referred to as the first action figure in response to the toy being made they didn't want boys to be discouraged and call them dolls because they thought dolls were so feminine mm -hmm. so they called the first gi joe's action figures in the 60s which uh i thought was interesting that is very interesting growing up i owned i owned so many toys yeah. i had uh you know all the marvel figures i had wrestling figures i had star wars figures and i always hated when my uh my uncle used to say oh nice dolls yeah and i would always be like no they're they're action figures you don't get it, it they're action figures and then finally i was just like maybe like six years ago i was like i still collect these things i still buy them you know what i'm going to embrace it they are called action dolls action dolls mix them up yep. put them together i love that i had a grandma who would um so i was the last grandchild of my generation uh, of, of cousins and stuff. So mm -hmm. I was the youngest and my grandma was getting pretty old and she would pick me up every day from school, like ages five to seven or so. My mom still worked at the time. 
and she would take me to a store and she would let me pick out a figure like almost every day. Uh, so I was as spoiled as you can imagine with that kind of, uh, with that kind of, uh, ability coming in with all these figures. So I remember going to, you know, Kmart, uh, a store called venture. Do you know venture by any chance? No, never heard that of was, that. uh, that was in the Midwest. It was like, a, it was just like Kmart, but like messier, like if you can imagine, Oh boy, it was just crazy. It was black and white. Every, all the logos were black and white. They had like a Dunkin' Donuts in the, in the inside venture. So when you oh, walked wow. in, you could get a donut and then walk around. You're like, what is this store? Uh, yeah. It was just wild. So we would go to Venture, Kmart, uh, Target when it popped up. But Target probably wasn't even around. There was a store called Child World that was like um, Toys R Us, but it was a red castle on the front of it, like a real <laughs> fake looking castle. Yeah. Uh, it was a Toys R Us style store, but it was called Child World. She would take me there. Store called Zares, Montgomery Ward, um, and uh, Service Merchandise. Do you remember that store? No. These I'm from all... a very small town in northern New York. And gotcha. We... We had a Walmart that closed at 10 and that was it. And God. we didn't even get the Walmart until I was probably, I guess we used, we had a Kmart uh, growing up and then the Kmart, maybe we didn't have Kmart, man. I don't really know, but I just remember <laughs> that we had, uh, we got Walmart when I was like 10 and that's like all that they have. Yeah. Are we the same age? How old are you? 31. Okay. So I'm like uh, almost five years older than you. I'm, well, four years. I'll be 35 in a, about a month. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm a little bit older than you. But the um, the amount of stores there were back then and the places to go, man, it was crazy. I grew up in Chicago and we just had stores everywhere. So she would take me to a different store like every day and mm -hmm. she would let me pick out a figure. And uh, she would always let me get whatever I wanted, but she would always have her say if she thought the figure was too gross or something. Oh, so yeah. this, this mostly came about during like Ghostbusters or Ninja Turtles figures. She'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, Rye, come on. This one's drooling, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and she'd be like, you could do better than that. How about this April O'Neil? She's just a nice girl, you know, yeah. from Ninja Turtles. She would talk me into like Bruce Wayne instead of the Joker or mm -hmm. Robin instead of, you know, uh, Clayface or something. So yeah. it was kind of a fun relationship with me and her. Uh, she would just buy me everything. I'm talking Dick Tracy figures. When the Dick Tracy movie came out, that oh, was wow. 1990. That was a little mm -hmm. probably before you. You were probably born in 90, right? I was born uh, 88. 88, okay. Yep. So I was born in 85. Dick Tracy came out in 90. I had all those figures, mm -hmm. a lot of Ghostbusters, a lot of G.I. Joes, yeah. a lot of wrestling, anything wrestling, anything Ninja Turtles, um, all the accessories, and it was just great. And I was the last kid. I was the youngest of five. My parents were just like whatever you want. So I was to a degree in a, you know, middle-class suburban family uh, in Chicago. I think I was pretty spoiled with the amount, yeah. the, just the amount of toys I had. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I loved it all, man. I loved, I loved playing with toys, uh, action figures with just those action figures. So just GI Joes, but yeah. then like introducing like shredder to the GI Joes or, you know, like yeah. I love doing that. It was kind of like toy story, which I think is why yeah. Toy story was so appealing because when that movie came out, it was like all these kind of non-name brand toys like playing together. Mm -hmm. And I was 10 when that came out. I think I carried a Woody doll to school at age 10, which is probably too late, you know? <laughs> but like, I think I got Woody that Christmas. And I think I brought him to school proudly and was like, I got Woody. And I don't think people gave me crap for it because the movie was so popular. Yeah, uh, Toy Story was one of my favorite movies because it was the same thing for me. Yeah. I had toys so many toys uh my oldest brother's uh i think he's 37 
So he he got all the old Ninja Turtles toys. Um, they had the old uh, Matchbox toys uh, or cars. Um, so I inherited all of these old these older figures. So like the GI Joes and in uh, trying to think of what else, uh, Masters of the Universe, everything. So I grew up with all those toys, and then it was Star Wars came out. well star wars star wars had been out for a while but uh the uh special edition movie came out in 97 and all i wanted was star wars toys yeah to the point where everything i got for christmas for my birthday for whatever it was a star wars toy yeah yeah i mean so star wars power of the force back in 96 it started and then it was big 97 98 and then it kind of died down because they weren't sure what movie they were going to do next and then you know episode one came out but uh but yeah i mean i have over 200 of those and wow uh, and i still collect them i'm trying i i think there's there's about eight more that i need to buy to finish the entire power of the forest collection wow that's yeah. crazy. That's pretty uh, accomplished, man. That's awesome. Were you a Were you a micro machines guy? No, didn't own a single one. I didn't either, and I didn't like them because they were so small. But I had a mm-hmm. friend named Steve Nelson who would always he would always get micro machines and little play sets and things. And I was like, I can't do anything with these. Like they're too small. You know, mm-hmm. like when I look back at a Hasbro wrestling figure now, which was like you know late eighties to ninety five or so. Is that the uh, the big uh, wrestling toy that you collected, the Hasbros? Yeah, I collected the Hasbros. That was the first thing I collected. My fifth birthday, which would have been 1990 or 89, uh, maybe maybe 89 or 90, my dad took me to Toys R Us and said, pick out whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I picked out the ring, and I, I knew I wanted the ring. I didn't know really too much about wrestlers. Um, so my brother, who was 10 years older than me, but w- had gotten me into wrestling, was like, mm-hmm you're going to get Rick Rude and Macho Man. So I had yeah. Rick Rude and Macho Man uh, and the ring. We got home. We put it together. I still have this really vivid memory of like putting the the ring posts into the corners and yeah. and putting the elastic ropes around it and being like, wow, I have my own ring and how exciting that was. And just being at Toys R Us and picking it out and then going out to eat and coming back. I, and I remember my dad kind of like commanding all of it. And I just, it's one of the coolest memories. Um so I've done uh, I've done similar things with my kids where I've tried to get them in the wrestling. Um, they are six and a half, five and a half, and two and a half. Mm-hmm. So they'll watch wrestling, they'll play with wrestling toys with me, but they're not like really into it. Um, but they, I can get them into it at times. So sometimes they're really down to do it. Yeah. But like I was telling you before we did this call, we were talking about what we're going to talk about. Um, a lot of the time we start playing with wrestling figures. And they will leave me, and then I'm just a grown 34 year old man, like finishing mm-hmm. matches or a King of the Ring tournament, yeah. <laughs> like uh, a scenario where I'm like, okay, this tag team's gonna put this tag team through a table, and then they're gonna win the belts. Like yeah. I'm still, I'm doing all that, like as an adult human being. Yeah. Uh, and I can't get up until there's some kind of conclusion. I can't just like go, all right, that was fun for a second. I have to like finish the storyline that I've created mm-hmm. in my head. And sometimes yeah. my kid will take the figure I'm using and throw it and then just look at me like, well, now I'm going to go do something else. And yeah. I'm like, okay, now how do I get around that? You know, yeah. Like, how do I add this into a story? Yeah, I'll say <laughs> they were, they were attacked backstage, you know, like it, it's, it's bizarre, but it's all the things I did by myself 
that I now try to do as an adult when I play with them. And I have this very weird, uh, I don't know if it's a stress relief, but it's almost like part of my day where at some point I need to have like a wrestler in this hand and a wrestler in this hand. And so much so that I sometimes keep them on my desk, like mm-hmm. in front of my computer and in between a thing, I'll just do a couple moves and then go back to it. I don't know. It's like almost like a nervous tick. It's like how people would, would need a cigarette. Yeah, like yeah. I, I need a couple of action figures to, to figure out a, a move set, which mm-hmm. is bizarre because I haven't even watched wrestling, uh, you know, it, like uh, as much as I used to, especially yeah. since the quarantine. But even in the, the two years before that, it kind of was on a downslope. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know what that is, but there is something in me that's like, you have to do this because it's what you did when you were a kid. And that's a memory that you liked. And, you know, there's some, there's some linking there. I originally inherited the old LJN figures. Sure. Those were heavy. And I didn't watch wrestling, but I ended up getting those. And then I finally started watching wrestling. Uh, On this show, I keep saying I started watching wrestling in 97, but I just started going through old Raw episodes on the WWE Network. And I realized, oh, I started watching wrestling in 96. Yeah. And then in, around 96, that's when we got the bone crunching action. Yeah. Wrestlers. And that's what I collected for uh, wrestling toys uh, sure. to the point where there's there's less than 10 that I need to complete every single – to own every single one. Wow. And it's like odd characters. Like I don't have the Sultan, which was uh, Rikishi's uh, old uh, gimmick. I don't have the – uh, executioner who showed up for maybe like five months. I think it was a uh, Terry Gordy played yep. him during yep. the feud with uh, mankind and undertaker. Um, I don't have the uh, blue blazer. Sure. Uh, that's it. That's a hard one to come by. But like you were saying with, you know, having kids and trying to get them into it, I keep telling my wife, I want to own these toys so that when our kids are old enough, I can show them like how much fun I had playing with these. Yeah. But it really is just an excuse for me to start playing with toys again. Yeah. I'll Obviously in like five years, but. Yeah. I found my mom moved to like a 55 and older community, maybe like three years ago. And we cleaned out her house and had a cellar old house. That was the house we grew up in. And I had been looking for years for this box of wrestling accessories. So a lot of bone mm-hmm. crunching figures, a lot of tables, ladders, and chairs and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And I'm like, man. And I had already at this point started buying a few figures for my daughter, who was probably like two at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I think the first figure I bought her was Becky Lynch. Uh, it was the first Becky Lynch figure of her career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that one and a few others. And so we, we would play with them. I don't think we even had a ring yet. But I found these accessories in a box in the attic of our garage. And I was like, this is the one. And it wasn't marked or anything. And I opened it and they were all in there. It was like all my, it was like an announce table that breaks and yeah. um, chairs and, and a, a little TVs and uh, just everything I wanted. So when we play with wrestling figures now, we're playing with the toys that I grew up with, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So like my son will take a ladder and, and break it apart. And I'm like, I remember doing that with that same ladder like 20 yeah. years ago, you know? So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, my son refers to all wrestling action figures as John Cena. Um, so the, the, doesn't matter what color, what sex, what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Hey, John Cena. And I'm like, who's that? He goes, John Cena versus John Cena. Like, he'll, you know, uh, <laughs> so that's really fun. But what's weird about that is he's never really seen John Cena do anything like yeah. in the, in the two years he's been alive. That's like two years ago is when Cena kind of was like, all right, I'm done for a he's while. Gone, you know? Yeah. 
So it's very bizarre to me that he knows, first of all, who he is. And second of all, that like so much so, like almost like I would with Hulk Hogan. Like they're all Hulk Hogan when I'm a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. um, he's doing that with Cena, which is just weird. Um, so uh, I, I, that's fun for me to watch. And my daughter now at five and a half is at the point where she is just playing house while we play wrestling matches. So she takes yeah. all the girl wrestlers and she's like, oh, they're all at a beauty parlor. And now they're at a sleepover. So she's playing Barbies with wrestlers, which I'm cool with too. But yeah. uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different world with all three of us playing together. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've, I've been a, a collector and since I was a child, like, you know, the power of the force just about have all those the bone crunching action have just about all those and it's interesting because i don't know a lot of people who are like who have that mentality of like oh it's nice to collect things especially yeah. like toys sure. um like even uh you and i were talking about uh, all elite wrestling and uh how you haven't been able to really like sit down and, and get to be involved in it but uh yeah. their their toys just came out august 3rd yeah and from august 3rd until i'd say probably august 25th i was going to walmart almost every single day yeah to pick them up yeah and did you get them all i i did get them all yeah i i walked into a walmart in the walmart in burbank and they had just put all of them out like I think I think the person was just walking away from putting them all out because not a single toy was gone. Wow. So I grabbed one of each, bought them, like grabbed one of each and as I was leaving, there was two other guys yeah. starting to go through them. So, and I've been back to Walmart and every time I go, I kind of look to see how well they're doing because I followed you know Jazzwares, the company that makes them, but I follow them on Twitter and I follow like in some wrestling forums to kind of see like how much do people want these toys? And obviously it's people our age buying them. It's there's no yeah. child going being like, Oh, I need a Chris Jericho, uh, you know, unrivaled figure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting on, on how collectible things can be like how collectible action figures can be. Yep. and how scarce they are like you can't you can't buy them online yep it's only in walmart and it's there's they've made five different characters at this point yeah and it's just impossible to find it's nuts there's no i think in terms of collecting things and i think that everybody has their own version of this but that that feeling that you just just described of walking in and seeing the display and it's like untouched like yeah. oh my god that's what i remember as a kid uh is like walking down the aisle and you see all of the possibilities mm -hmm. and uh you know when you're a kid they're more expensive now what are those 20 dollar figures yeah so when you're a kid, they were more maybe like $5 figures, you yeah. know, like the Hasbros, I think were like maybe $4.99 or mm -hmm. sometimes at KB Toys, they were like three for 10 and stuff. And yep. so like, it was just the idea of like, if I get that one and that one, then I can do this thing. I can create mm -hmm. this. It's 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 just like, so I'm obsessed with Mario Maker 2 right now on Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, I it's caught that same, on the end of your, uh, yeah. your trivia tonight. Yeah, it's the same like mentality of like, oh, I can do all these things. I have this palette of things that I'm into. Mm -hmm. um i just was watching right before we started um 
YouTube videos of people who make their own video stores in their basements and things. Have you seen those? Oh, no, I haven't. Look that up. There's there's dozens of them, but there's there's a couple that are really well done. And people want to recreate the feeling of going to a video store in the 80s or 90s. And you're like, you know, picking out the movie instead of just like Netflix. You're like, I'm picking up the movie. I'm mm-hmm. grabbing some cotton candy and popcorn from a, a counter, you know, and they, they build all these things in their basement. And uh, another thing I like to do is to fall asleep to is like um, old, like, commercials for mom and pop video stores those are great oh yeah or interviews with like we're here in 1988 at the local whatever valhalla video and we're talking mm-hmm. to the owner and he's like this is the way of the future like i love shit like that mm-hmm. i love old 80s and 90s commercials uh there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of compilations of products that i grew up you know being advertised to and i like mm-hmm. to go relive those and then i have these very weird memories of like, when was I, I remember watching that commercial for shark fruit snacks, you know, or whatever, waffle yep. crisp and, and all these bizarre products. So like, I'm a big fan of all that stuff. And I think that that's why I'm a trivia host as, as a mm-hmm. full-time business like that. The, the love of those, of the love of nostalgia is pretty much all trivia is. It's just people going, Ooh, I remember that thing. I remember that. that yeah. I, you know, it's like the South Park member berries thing, but mm-hmm. it really is. There's like, there's a dopamine that hits when you remember a certain thing that you loved. And all I'm doing is fac- facilitating that over and over and over again with mm-hmm. hundreds of questions every night or whatever, you know? So I, I, I've, I've found this perfect formula to enjoy the things that I like and, uh, you know, hopefully help you enjoy the things that you like uh, from the past, present or future. And yeah. I get a huge rush just you know, like you had won some baby Yoda stuff from yeah. one of the trivia nights and I mailed it to you and you're like, where'd you get this stuff? And I was telling you where I found it. And it's like, I love the hunt of it. And if, if mm-hmm. I was a millionaire, if I had no worries for money and I made $10 million a year, I would still have it in me to be like, I need to go like hunt for deals and bargains. There you go. You've got uh, the yeah. child socks. Yep. There you go. But I, I have this like, um, I have this thing where I'm like, like just how you did, you you walked into the Walmart, and I know that Walmart in Burbank. That's like a busy yeah. ass Walmart. Yeah. So like it's hard to even park there. But like you know, walking into a store and seeing the pristine display, there's like something that doesn't match that. Or being at a thrift store and seeing a bag of toys that you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not just a dollar ninety nine bag of toys. This is like Star Wars Power of the Force figures that somebody yeah. left here. You know, uh, that kind of feeling. I I I think that's one of the things that keeps me very excited about life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if everybody else has that. They probably have that with something, you know, somebody yeah. has that with sports. I have zero interest in literally any sports, any statistics, yeah. any Super Bowl, nothing like I'll watch them, but I cannot, it doesn't click like, you know, and I have brothers who are very athletic and very like have records at our high school and stuff. And we get along great. But like when they start talking about golf, I'm like, I need, I, I need to leave because mm-hmm. this is, this is just not my thing, but not in a million years. Am I going to be like, Guys, I found this thrift store action figure. They'd be like, why did you, what were you looking yeah. for? You know, like they just wouldn't understand in the same way that I don't understand the, how, why they love statistics about sports. You know, yeah. it, it's just, everybody's got their thing, but um, I love my thing. I really do. Yeah. With trivia, you were, uh, you were saying with the nostalgia thing, you did a, a trivia, I would say probably a month ago. And one of the questions was, what was a a maybe an animated show from the 90s or the 80s where they open uh closet doors and it shows clips from star wars yeah 
And I think it might have been Star Wars trivia because uh, Tim McGovern, uh, my wife and I, uh, always do your Star Wars trivia. Yeah. And I was like, it's Muppet Babies. Yeah. I I know this because I remember watching Muppet Babies and they did a whole Star Wars episode. And I don't know anyone else who's ever seen that episode. Yeah. And to the point where Tim and, and Mandy were both just like, how did you know that? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, just a moment of holy shit yeah muppet babies like obviously sure sure i and, didn't um i didn't know much about star wars until those re-releases came out in 97 like you mentioned like i mm-hmm. knew what it was i wasn't really into it my only knowledge of it was from muppet babies because i really like muppet babies mm-hmm. so like i and i almost was kind of i guess perturbed as a kid where i'd be like ugh. They're going to open the door and it's going to be a TIE fighter. But I didn't even know what a TIE fighter was. I just knew that it was something I wasn't into. So yeah. I was just like, oh, get back to the Muppet baby stuff. So it's <laughs> weird because you know it because you were such a fan of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and I didn't – I had a sister. My sister's 14 years older than me. And she would, when, this, when the re-releases came out, she was like, oh, right, you've never seen these? We got to go. And mm-hmm. when I saw the first New Hope on the, the big screen, then I was hooked for life. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still not a diehard Star Wars fan. I like everything about every all of it. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've read comic books, I've seen movies, I've played games. Um, I dig it all. It's just not my hundred percent thing. You know, wrestling wrestling's probably my hundred percent thing, but that's kind of dwindling right now. So I don't know. Um, but I would say like I'm maybe like a seventy percent Star Wars fan, if that's how you would judge it. You know, yeah, um, if I'm a zero percent sports fan, I'm a seventy percent. You know, uh, like a Star Wars fan, I'd say like eighty to eighty-five Marvel. Mm-hmm. 80, 80 DC, 100 wrestling, 100 video games, 100 yeah. books, any literature, mysteries, stuff like that. Um, but it's uh, I like to do that. I like to give percentage percentages out of 100 and how mm-hmm. much I'm into the subject. You know? Yeah, I would say like your percentages are very close to what mine would be. But with DC, I'll say 0% because uh, I, I never really cared for their characters. But yeah, with Marvel, Star Wars and pro wrestling another thing that i i like to collect is uh x-men marvel legends yeah those are so great love the I've, detail got a, on those. I've got a lot of those uh i we just moved into a new storage unit so i got to go through all my old toys and it's three buckets of pro wrestlers uh two buckets of star wars and then one bucket of half wrestlers half marvel legends because I just that's all that I have for toys. Are you a loose or mint collector? Is everything loose or mint? Um, everything's like all my wrestlers are, are loose. The Marvel Legends are all loose. And any Star Wars that I have that are mint is just because I bought them within the last like five years and I don't have a reason to open it. Yep. But yeah, there there are those mint collectors who are like, I need the packaging graded and I need to like keep it in a you know, a plastic safe box that won't, uh, you know, crush it. But yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll open them all. I, I don't really care. Gotcha. Yeah. I have, I would say I'm half and half. I would say like everything I had as a kid is loose. And then like everything I buy as an adult, unless I really want to play with it or do something with it with the kids, I usually mm-hmm. keep it in the box. All my Funkos are, you know, I might have two, lo- two or three loose Funkos, but all those are in packages. Yeah. Um, I, I like how they look in the package. Uh, I like hanging them up or, or placing them in a certain way. Um, but I don't have, let's see, what do I have? I'm looking at, I'm, there's a big shelf of stuff in my garage over here. <laughs> and, your, and your green screen is you in a library. So I'm like, 
you're just looking at books. It looks like I'm just staring at books. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have like, uh, you know what I got recently that I thought was pretty cool and now is, is already worth a little bit of money is the Friends Lego set. Have you seen that? No. They have the Lego set of Central Perk and all six Friends characters. It's all Lego. Um, oh, and Lego did these, um, they have these, like, you can go on this, I think it's called Lego Creations or Lego Ideas, and you can go and, like, petition for certain sets to be made, and you can yeah. design sets based on existing parts you have, and if it gets enough signatures, they might consider making it. So mm -hmm. I think the Friends one was one of those, and I'm a I'm a pretty casual fan of Friends. I like, I've seen them all, and I, I dig it, but yeah, I thought the Lego set was really cool. They also have like a, a Fred Flintstone, like or the, the Flintstones set yeah. for house and the characters. They have um, a Steamboat Willie one that's all in black and white with Mickey. Oh. It's great. Um, and then they have a Big Bang Theory one, a Ghostbusters one, a Back to the Future one. So those are just some of the ones that are highlighted in my head. But then there's a couple that like, there's a Doctor Who one. And I'm not, I'm, I don't even know much about Doctor Who, but I think it looks awesome if it gets made. Yeah. Um, and then um, like if they ever did Seinfeld, like if they just kept doing, uh, oh, Shit's Creek. Uh, it's the motel. Oh, the I did motel. See something for if, that. Yeah. yeah, if they make that, man, like if that was a hundred bucks, I'd buy it because I'm like, you could just sense that that's going to be worth money in the future. So I'll probably never put it together, but maybe mm -hmm. I would buy two of them and put one together and keep one in the box. Yeah. Um, the box is so sturdy, uh, sturdy and thick that I feel like you know that could get a good amount of money in the future. Like. I don't ever really collect stuff thinking about the money in the future, but every once in a while, certain things like those Lego sets pop up where I'm like, man, that'll probably be worth at least double in like five years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I, I bought all the, uh, the AEW unrivaled series one, uh, I left them in the box because I don't need to use them. I, yeah. I like knowing that I own them yeah. and save them for, you know, when my kids play with toys, but I also was thinking the first series of an action figure line in about five to 10 years is probably going to be like $150 per action figure. Could so be, like, yeah. Yeah, I'll just keep them in the box. I don't need to open them up or, you know, feel them or play with them yet. So I'll just kind of see how it goes. And obviously, like, I don't care so much about having the first series of anything. Yeah. It's more of the, I like to own one of each character. Sure. So, I mean, in five years that, you know, those toys will be worth probably 150 bucks each. But at that point, we're going to have another Chris Jericho. We're going to have another yeah. Kenny Omega. So I'll just get those if I really want to open and, uh, and play with them. Collecting is fun. It's fun, man. You know what I have almost everything that ever existed of is Adventure Time. Uh, I was a huge fan of Adventure Time when it first came out in like 2009, 2010, yeah, somewhere around there. And I bought everything like, and it was like stuff that I didn't even really want, but I'm like, I need to have it. And it was, mm -hmm. I, had, I had my first big boy job at the time. Like I worked at a college making pretty good money. We lived modestly, Ashley and I, my wife, we were just uh, engaged. So I had all this money and I'm like, I'm buying this stuff because this is going to be worth money in the future. And I still have a whole tote, like you were mentioning earlier, a big tub, mm -hmm. of all these adventure time toys. I mean, I'm talking like footballs, pajamas, like oh, wow. just weird stuff. And that show's now over, and I think it's going to go through a renaissance with HB being on HBO Max now, mm -hmm. the whole series where people are going to like discover it again or for the first time. And I think that then people are going to start looking for those toys, and then I'll I'll have them all, you know, to, yeah. to get rid of. I'm not super attached to any of them, but they do have these really cool ones. Um, they are like wrestling buddies of Finn and Jake, the dog and the boy on Adventure yeah. Time. 
And when you hit them, they say like phrases from the show. I don't know if they do anymore, but they're still in the box. And that's the closest I can get to collecting like a legit wrestling buddy. They were like 30 bucks at Toys R Us probably about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I bought both of them and they're both in pretty good shape. And I'm like, man, if I was really into this show in 20 years, I'd pay like 300 bucks for these. You know, they're just like, they just look, they're huge. They're really big. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just dig them. And uh, that's my like in the back of my head. I'm like, someone's going to want these. Yeah. And when you obviously when you get married and uh, bank accounts join, it's kind of like, why, why are you buying this? Yeah. You know, uh, and with the so with the AEW toys, I told Mandy, I said, I'm going to buy two sets. Yeah. And I'll let you know right now, I'm going to sell one of the sets and it is going to pay for me to own the other set. The other set. And what did, did and she go? Cool. Or was she like, huh? She's like, okay, if you think so, because I spent $200 on the toys. Yeah. And because uh, they're 20 each, five, you know, five uh, for a series. And, yep. and uh, I put them on eBay and I made $225 off of uh, that extra set of five. And so that, that paid for my set. So it's perfect, man. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I dig that. So we're hitting 48 minutes at this point. Let's take a quick break. All right, so we are back. Uh, we refilled our drinks. The Mother Earth Brewing Company, Cali Creamen. This is a cream ale with vanilla bean, cool and crisp, smooth finish ale with natural flavor added. 5% alcohol by volume. I am a, a beer lover, but I don't love beer for the reasons that beer lovers love beer. <laughs> like, I love light beers, lagers, mm-hmm. pilsners, like you know, a red stripe, a Corona with a lime, yeah. um, uh, you know, a cream ale. Like that's, I want to have like 10 beers and be super buzzed. I don't want to have like two beers and be like disgruntled, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like to have, if I, if I have to have beer, I always go for a high percentage. So yeah. uh, to prepare for this episode, I drank a 9% beer because okay. I knew I was only going to have like two of these because they just, I don't, I don't really care for beer. I used to sure. love beer. I would shotgun 15 beers and it'd be the best day of my life. But now it's just, uh, they're so <laughs> filling, even the light ones. What's your go-to drink then if you're drinking like a like a spirit? Uh, yeah, I love whiskey uh-huh. um, and I love vodka Red Bulls. Interesting. Vodka Red Bulls still, huh? Yeah. Yep, I'm a 31-year-old married man, and I still drink vodka Red Bulls like Nothing a 19-year-old college kid. <laughs> if you say vodka Red Bull, I can taste it. You know, yeah, it's one cool. of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I've done a vodka Red Bull episode of this show. Oh, interesting. Next and, time I, you have me on, we'll do vodka Red Bulls. Okay, perfect. I always, and I say this very often, I'm still waiting for people to force me to drink Goldschlager. Oh. because i that's the only alcohol that i cannot keep down 
I'll have like one shot of it and it's immediately my stomach turns. Ugh. But that is. But yeah, vodka Red Bulls are my go-to or uh, just whiskey on the rocks. Sure. You know what my Christmas drink is Jameson with ginger beer and lime in a copper cup. Mm. It's like a, like instead a of a Moscow meal. mule, it's like an Irish meal. Irish mule. I'll have like 10 of those on Christmas Eve. Toasty Ryan Buds. Ooh. We always go up to Big Bear for Oktoberfest. Yeah. And, you know, it's up in the mountains. I mean, you're what, 4,000 foot elevation. So it's it's cold and, you know, end of September, beginning of October. And we did, uh, we'll do like hot toddies and stuff. Yeah, those are those good. Are, those are always good. Sure. Um, yeah, I like, uh, I like when you change up your drinks based on the yeah. season. Yes. Like, yeah, I think that I think when you hit about like 28, 29, you start doing that, you know? Yeah. Like uh eggnog. I was yeah. never really into eggnog, but we'll sure. do some eggnog drinks, uh some nice like a nice white russian around Christmas. Yeah. Very awesome. Funniest my favorite stand-up joke. <laughs> can you go blue on this show? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes of all time, David Tell, he goes, "A lot of people don't know this. Eggnog is elf cum." He goes, I don't know whether to drink it or pour it on my back. That that <laughs> sequence of words is so funny. David Tell is one of my favorites of all time. Andrew Santino, I think, is one of the funniest comedians. So I'm just going to say, everyone, go check him out. He's absolutely hilarious. But after the show, I'm going to share a, a joke with you. And okay. anyone, anyone listening who wants to hear the joke, message me on uh, Facebook or something. Um, but uh, Ryan, do you have a, a good drinking story for us? I do. I uh, I used to do a lot of stand up on the road in the Midwest. Uh, you know, every weekend I, I I was somewhere, some club or some one nighter. Uh, usually with a headliner friend of mine, I was usually the feature. Every once in a while, I'd be the headliner um, or the host or you know whatever. The, in the, the sequence of three jobs, I would be doing something almost every weekend. Um, and a friend of mine named Josh Alton. Uh, mm -hmm. from Des Moines, Iowa area who lived in Chicago at the time, we would pair up and we'd go to these one-nighters and we got hired to do some, some bar in Wisconsin that was like a boxcar themed bar. And I think mm -hmm. you maybe walked in and entered through like a boxcar and then the rest of it was all train themed or something like that. Yeah. And this was a room uh, that it was like a bunch of rooms connected, but the front was a boxcar and the back had a big room that held maybe a hundred people for a show. He had been there before I had not. And I was opening for him, just doing a 90-minute show where I do a half hour, he does an hour. We both sell T-shirts afterwards, you know, real divey Wisconsin place. Um, and it was it was a really fun crowd. We got there. We had driven separately from different parts of Chicago uh, because he lived in the city and I lived in the suburbs, so we drove separately. Mm -hmm. He left before me and got there before me because I hit all this traffic. It was just like a, like a, a mess. Yeah. We got there, and I was so mad at the traffic. We were just slamming shots before the show, during the show, after the show, hammered, you know? And we're, mm -hmm. we had no hotel room because some of these one-nighters have hotel rooms. Sometimes they don't. In this case, we had no hotel room. So uh, he's like, all right, I think I'm good. He's like, I haven't drank as much as you. I'm going to try and go back home. And I'm like, there's no way I could drive. So I'm trying to figure out like a motel to stay at. And, you know, I'm probably made like 150 bucks for the whole night. It was like, yeah. Nuts. And I'm like going to lose. I'd probably drink it all away. And I'm, you know, it was just bad. Um, it was snowing outside. So anyway, the owner goes, hey, he goes, um, you could stay here. And I'm like, at the bar? He goes, yeah, I have an apartment upstairs. And I was like, oh, cool. So we start to like walk where I think we're going upstairs. 
and we stop before these stairs and he turns to me and he goes, okay, here you go. And it's like the room where they store all the liquor in the bar. So it's just oh, like the boy. storage room and there's a small cot. So like he was saying, you could sleep literally in the bar and I'll be yeah. upstairs. You know, he had a girlfriend and two boys or something. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So I was like a little discouraged, but I'm like, I can't go anywhere and it's free. So I lay on this cot and I have a cell phone at the time that probably doesn't do much. And it's probably 2009 or something. And uh, I am, you know, texting my fiance or girlfriend at the time who I'm married to now. And I'm like, hey, I'm staying here and it's a mess. And I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a mess. And, um, you know, I'm in this storage room with all this booze. And like, you know, as I'm talking to her, like this dust starts to kind of fall on me from above me. I'm like, what is that? And she goes, "Is what's that noise? And like the ceiling is like being hit. And all this dust is falling onto my face. And if you listen, you can hear the owner of the bar just railing his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know where the boy, the boys must have fallen asleep. They were young boys yeah. and they're down the hallway. But he is like going to town and so much so that <laughs> shit is falling on me underneath them. And it was just like the epitome of like being stuck somewhere in yeah. this weird dive bar scenario, in this weird comedy scenario where you're like, Oh, now I'm getting like, literally I'm getting fucked on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, it was just, it was like the saddest moment. I laid there for a while, and probably fell asleep for a half hour, woke up at like dawn and like got food and drove home. And, uh, it was great when I got home, I texted my friend, Josh, who had left the night before and I had beat him home, uh, oh, because wow. his car broke down and he had fallen asleep on the side of the road. And then like mm -hmm. the, the battery died. It was like a whole disaster oh, for him. Uh, but it was it was very interesting. It was a weird night in my life. Yeah, I mean, who had the worst night? <laughs> you know, you or uh, someone having to sleep in their car when uh, everything breaks down. Uh, that's awesome. That is like a, a written scene in a rom com. Like, yeah. you know, guy on hard times. You know, not getting paid too much and and literally fucked on. Literally getting fucked on in the in the in the <laughs> caboose bar or whatever the yeah. boxcar bar. Yeah. Did you drink anything out of there? I didn't because it was all warm, you know, and, and by that time I was kind of done. I had like, yeah. you know, everybody had gone home. Once everybody goes home, it's hard to drink, at, at least for me, drink it's alone, hard to like yeah. drink by yourself. Like I've done mm -hmm. it, you know, plenty of times, yeah. but I'm never like happy about it. It's usually nowadays when I'm doing that, like let's say tonight, you know, I've had five or six beers. If I go out there that my wife and her mother-in-law, she lives with us, my mother-in-law, they're watching Outlander, which is a show about like, sexy time travel yeah um so they're like super into it they're on like the fifth season uh <laughs> so th as soon as i go out there they'll probably wrap it up outlander and i'm gonna be just like ready to go so i'll yeah. put on some you know video game documentary on netflix high score something like that and then uh you know i'll be all by myself and i could carry on all night but you know it's probably like at this age it's like two more beers tops and i'm done yeah yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah so uh, we've talked about your trivia a lot, but I want to make sure that people listening know where to go to listen to your trivia and uh, and play along. So uh, where where's the best place for uh, people to find it? Thanks, man. Yeah, we can go to uh, triviawithbuds.com. That's just my website for all things, you know, trivia based. If you need a, a host for an event or if you need content to host your own event, um, I've been doing a lot of virtual trivia parties. Probably about 150 parties in the last six months. Uh, mm -hmm. sometimes four or five, six times a day with different companies and stuff. So, um, it's very customizable and I can do stuff like 
a Wheel of Fortune recreation, a Jeopardy, Family Feud. So there's lots of options, and it's all at TriviaWithBuds.com. I also have a uh, podcast, comes out every single day, same name, Trivia with Buds. If you just search Trivia on your favorite podcast app, you'll come across it. I think it's one of the only daily trivia podcasts that exists, uh, mm-hmm. as far as I know. And I've been doing it for uh, the last four years or so. And uh, the numbers have really grown, especially in the last year. So Great. check that out. And then uh, nightly live stream for the last yep. 175 days on Facebook and YouTube, uh, facebook.com slash Ryan Buds or Trivia with Buds and youtube.com slash Trivia with Buds. Uh, every night, 7 p.m. Pacific, two-hour show, lots of prizes, lots of fun. And it is Buds with two Ds. So B-U-D-D-S. That's right. Uh, well, I really want to thank you for joining me on the show. We were talking about this earlier before we hopped on that you and I have only spoken once over the phone and it was about selling shirts. Yep. And this is our first time ever looking into each other's eyes uh, through a <laughs> Zoom meeting. Yep. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate you being on the show. For our listeners, let your friends know that you can find Have a Drink With Me on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on social media at H-A-D-W-M. And check out our store, shop.hadwm.com. And uh, thank you guys for listening.